everybody and welcome to I'm talking here with me Aaron Day and me Rob Brent and, and here's Adam hello hello can I say I think our his was the most succinct we've ever done do you it think I like stopped far too synch- early synchronized do you think yeah I liked it oh, I thought it was terrible oh uh. Our We're not synchronised in our no in our opinions, opinions of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We're talking all over each other. How <laughs> how is everybody? We haven't been able to do this in a number of weeks, three weeks, in fact. Are we all good? Yeah, I'm good. Get up to much recently, Adam? Um, I don't know. I've I've been about. Where have you been? In <laughs> <You're> very cagey. <laughs> yeah. Um. You're, have you have you been like working for FBI or Primark? So very similar. <gasps> yes. How is that going? How's Primark? Yes. How's Primark going? Do you know how to fold women's um, dressing gowns? <laughs> I thought you were going to say underwear, and yes, we do. <laughs> he does because he was always putting the uh, women's underwear. Do you know under- how to fold yeah. women's dressing gowns? Um, it's no, not, not like no. Can it's impossible. No one can fold a dressing gown. So a dressing gown or women's dressing gowns? Women's Can you fold a men's gowns. dressing gown? And what's the difference? Uh, no, they're hanging the men's ones. Ah, oh. Right, so, the men, so men's dressing gowns are hung. Yeah. And women's dressing gowns... <laughs> 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 yes, they're yeah. hung. And, and, and women's dressing gowns are folded? Yes. Why? Yeah, why? Not all of them are folded. Some of them are hung. <laughs> right. Some women but are folded, no, some are folded. No okay. men's dressing gowns are ever folded. No, you can't do that. With the Primark Phantom get Primark you. Phantom will get you. Right. Okay. You remember well, the Primark I'm glad Phantom, don't you? But uh, is, the job, <laughs> is the job going well? Yeah, it's going well. I got my first paycheck. Excellent. I'm minted. Champagne and caviar all around. Brilliant. What did you spend your money on? Champagne, Champagne and caviar, caviar all around. <laughs> did you go and see, did you use it to go see any films? Um, no, I've been trying to get to see a film. last film I've seen is, I think, the one we're talking about. Right, um, okay. No, went for a meal on Sunday. That was nice. Where did you go? Uh, I went to the Angel, just outside the Metro Centre. Very nice. Very nice. What was, did you eat? I had a chicken New Yorker. Excellent. So lots of chicken bacon. That's that's the sign of somebody that's minted. That is. You have a chicken, a chicken New, New, York. New Yorker. Yeah, because most people, if you're if you're a little bit short of penny, you just, just go chicken. for the, you just go for the summer fried chicken sandwich. Just a chicken breast, nothing else. Chicken New Yorker it. means that he can add bacon and cheese on top. You had to go all the way over to New York. It York's was quite a long time wait, I'll admit, but mm. it was worth it. What was in the chicken New Yorker? What's chicken, bacon, ba- oh. uh, barbecue sauce as well. Yeah, some cheese, and some cheese, and if you if you. Still, still hungry. There's chips and onion rings on the side. All oh. of the, all of the expensive add-ons. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Rob? What have you been up to? Ah, loads. Yep. Go on. Well, I had um, a cheese toasty. Right. That was good. That yeah. Was a good day. Yeah. Success. A croc yeah. monsieur, the French would say. No. Well, didn't. No, it? it wasn't a croc monster. Um, it was definitely. No, hold on. A, a, a cheese toasty. A croc monsieur has ham in it. Yeah. So it, it's a particular type. Yeah, because say croc monsieur without ham. Well, why would you do that, though? That's just ridiculous. Oh, hold on. Croque monsieur son, son okay? jambon. <laughs> is, that not with, is that without ham or no ham? I don't know. I didn't have one. <laughs> no? Jambon. No, like cheese toasty. Yeah. But I had um, a New Yorker. That's oh, what it made me think about. In the cheese toasty. Yeah, so it had pastrami. Yeah. I had gherkins in, and oh. it was amazing. No, had a Bauron phenomenal. special sandwich. A Bauron special is a crime against nature. It's not a crime against nature. It's so nice. Please educate me on what a Bauron special is. Please don't. So when I was trekking in Africa, you yep. need some good food to keep you up for the day. Yep. So I invented the sandwich. 
You invented the sandwich. No, you didn't. I invented this sandwich. There's a film this about sandwich. the guy who invented the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. You invented a sandwich. Yes. A sandwich. Go. So it was peanut butter. Yep, sounds great so far. Jam. That's fine. Preferably fig, but we can negotiate. It's all still fruit and nuts, so that's okay so far. Cheese. Okay, now... Um. Okay, go on, carry on. It tomato. Lo- loses you on the tomato. Yeah, Um. well, it's all still fruit, apart from, obviously, the cheese part. So that's one there. But lots of your five a day in there. That's what I say. I've got some on the side. What are you doing? Right, but what's but what's the what did it taste like? What was the main sort of what was the main flavour that came through? I would imagine it would be the peanut butter. Um I'll describe it as heaven. That's not a taste like flavor. heaven. That's if you lick heaven, Excuse this is me. what it's like. <laughs> like. If you licked heaven, this is what the sandwich is like. Okay, okay. what's on the podcast? <laughs> So, uh, today, uh, in uh, celebration of some films that we have seen recently, um, we are going to be talking about films that we would be outraged by if they got a sequel. But we'd explain how to do it right if a sequel was announced or in the works or yes. in the pipelines. We're also going to do a review of uh, the Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix uh, film Joker. Um, obviously, it's been in the headlines a lot recently, and it's it's now one of the highest, or is the highest gro- grossing R-rated film ever at the box office. So I thought it would be good for us to put our two cents into it, or two pennies worth, depending on where you're listening to this from. Um, uh, go through all the currency, please. <laughs> um, we'll also... Metacals. <laughs> now, in previous episodes, we have done The Good, The Bad and The Balron, where Adam has given us his, uh, his films that I think are cruelly underrated, but are actually just bad films. Instead, we're going to flip it on his head and we're going to do The Good, The Bad and The Day. Mm. Um, and talk about a film that everybody else seems to love that I think is absolute pants. Yeah. And then, as per usual, our 30-second recommendations and plot twists as well. How does that all sound? That sounds fantastic. Good. One last thing to say. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is TalkingHereRBAD. Um, and please feel free to get in touch with us about anything and everything. One thing I can say is that We've gone international with our podcast. Yes, we have listeners in Mexico. (laughs) What? Yes. (laughs) How has that happened? We have listeners in Mexico. Have they gone Turkish? No, no, no. It's just analytics. We have listeners in Mexico. Ah, hello. Hello, Mexico. (laughs) And did I I did I tell you that we are now also on Apple Podcasts? I did mention that last last time, didn't I? Yes. So you can get all of our previous episodes. All 20 of them uh, on Apple Podcasts now. They're all there. And this one, as soon as it's released through, will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google. We've oh gone international, goodness. guys. We've gone over to Mexico. Oh. That's Is amazing. this the point where we do high fives again? No. no. Or what about an uh, Arriba? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just an... lost our listeners Adele, Adele. in Mexico. <laughs> no? Come on, get on with it. We're losing them by the second. Okay. Sequels. Right, so now we're going to look in terms of uh, films that should absolutely never have a sequel, but if it was happening, what would need to be done to make it great? Now, this is in honour of, and I'll just say it, the amazing film Doctor Sleep, um, which is um, a sequel to The Shining, which just sounds like a bad idea, but it's based upon Stephen King's sequel to the book Shining, and I just have to say it, it does an amazing job of bringing both the book and the film together 
into this amazing sequel. I don't think it'll be everyone's cup of tea, because um, I think it, it does things, yeah, which wouldn't be. I don't want to spoil anything from it, but it's no, kind of not. Line. You don't not, want to go too much detail. It's almost not within the same genre, almost, which I think was a smart move. Now, a few months ago, we talked about films that we were looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing, and you brought up Doctor Sleep mm-hmm. in that, and I think you particularly were excited about it was because of Mike Flanagan yes. being involved in yeah. it and all of his stuff revolving around Oculus and yeah. uh, the the House of Haunting of Hill House, Hill House, House, which is a great TV yeah. series. So it lived up to those expectations for you. Yes, and yeah. I, ju- I just say, it would, don't go in expecting a sequel to The Shining almost. Yeah. Just go into it, enjoy a film, and some of the, the shots are just so cool. It, just quickly review it. Um, it, it kind of borders on where it could become a bit silly, but never teeters over into that edge. Um, and just, I just think Mike Flanagan is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to horror. And I want to just keep seeing him go on the up and up. Amazing. But anyway. Excellent. So... For you, that uh-huh. is a for me. The Shining is one of my favourite films of all time, yes. and the idea of there being a sequel towards that, yeah, or would always fill me with trepidation. Yes. So let's discuss that. Other films that are out there that currently don't have a sequel that we would be outraged by, and how we would make sure that if they did announce it, that we would do it right. Yes. Okay. I don't think we should start with Adam because I feel like the film he's going to pick will be outraged by. No. Let's use Adam's suggestion as a punchline. Right. Aaron, set us off. Inception. Inception should in absolutely no way whatsoever have a sequel. And if it ever did, it would only could only ever be directed by Christopher Nolan. It could only ever have a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. And it could only ever have Ellen Page in it. It could not have Leo DiCaprio in it. Right? Yes, I am shaking my finger. You're so sassy. Because I, I think that... Hollywood has a way of being able to milk certain films like overexhausted cows so badly to the point where your original thought and feeling of that original film is diluted because of your experiences of the sequels. And I think Inception is a movie whereby it is it is as a sci fi thriller is so close to perfection that you to to add anything more into that quote unquote universe would be of a detriment to the original film. Now there are certain movies out there that do have sequels within that same oeuvre, within that same sort of genre, that you think, yes, you can see that 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 it, it, it would you would it would pay dividends to have an expanded an expansion on the universe that you first ventured into. Star Wars, for example, or 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 the Matrix. Um, <laughs> that I think, yeah, it's that's fine. Back. But Inception, absolutely not. It is a self-contained, beautiful thing by itself. And if anybody touches it, other than maybe a remastering or a director's cut, it should be punched in the face. I don't like it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Inception? I don't like it. Christopher Nolan, I should love. I just don't. I, for some reason, I find oh. his films... There's, there's just something missing. I can recognise why people love his films, and I'm going to get so much hate for saying this. Um, but I, I can just... I, I'm not there with the characters. I think they look great. Okay. I think they make great trailers. Um, okay. I think Hans Zimmer, amazing soundtrack. Mombasa um, yep. is an amazing track. Yep. And, and some of the visuals in that film, definitely very, very impressive. But always as a whole, I, I always go into a Christopher Nolan film, and I'm like, yes, this is going to be the one. 
and I just it never it never catches. Can us. I very quickly then just go through Christopher Nolan's yeah you can check sort of filmography yeah. Yeah, yeah. and just give me your kind of out of five for each one. one. All right, okay, <laughs> right. Start off Memento. Memento is up there. I'd probably give that four. Insomnia. Uh, not seen it. The Robin Williams and Al Pacino film. Not seen it. No. Okay. Um, uh, Batman Begins. Uh, three. Um, uh, Dark Knight. Heath Ledger, five. Everything else, one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's unfair. I've seen that one in, in cinemas twice, uh, so I did okay, like that one. Okay, three, in, Inception. Four, four. Uh, two. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. Oh, abysmal one. What? Uh, oh, terrible. Dunkirk. Dun, uh, do, 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 three. <laughs> Have I missed anything? Yeah, there's... um. No, it's not... Uh, Interstellar? I want to say the oh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Thank you. One. <laughs> what? I hate that film. Okay. So boring. All right, what about yours then? What, what's No, what What would be the plot for Inception 2? Oh, if I was going to do it right. Yes, yeah. of course. It would It would be... <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot that part. Um, like so Ellen part. Page's character, Ariadne, mm-hmm. would um, be... and has created her own... Um, sort of massive, huge corporate conglomerate empire where she is a dream architect and she has allowed people to effectively go into helping people go into 30, 40 year dreams, so to speak. And she helps to build their empires, their worlds for them. Uh But the, but somebody that she doesn't know of has effectively kind of hacked, has incepted into her inceptions. Um, and, There's the tagline. And yes, <laughs> and has then caused um, all of these wonderful architectural designs that she's created to start crumbling down and, and it, it's causing her to her lose her business, her empire. I quite like that because I feel like there would be a lot outside of the inceptions as well. Yes. To then take into consideration. I really like that actually. That sounds awesome. Oh. I want Inception too. Maybe it, they could do it better. It would be it. It kind of in a way it would be kind of like a mixture of Inception and being John Malkovich. Uh-huh. It's kind of you know it would be a bit of a bit of a head screw. Could, could you do a sequel to the both? So John Malkovich could be this that's mysterious an, individual. That's, a, that's another film that absolutely should not get a sequel. No, it, it is a wonderful self-contained movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. You like the idea yeah. of Ariadne, the architect. Yeah. That's where I would see the film. If there was going to be a sequel, that's where I'd see the the, the world going. But towards. that is what I'd say. Nolan does very good concepts. Yes. Right? He does very. Dunkirk is almost feeling like you're there. I, I yes. get that whole thing. I often just feel these characters uh, lacking. And, and I don't really yes, care about them. There so, is there is a criticism whereby you're left kind of a little cold. Yeah, so all these things them. can happen to the characters, and amazing yeah. stuff happens in Inception. But ultimately, if I don't care about the characters, I'd very much switch off. Okay. And I wish I didn't, because honestly, if I cared about those characters in those films, poor, oh, they'd be phenomenal. Okay. Maybe his next film. What is his next film? I don't know. Oh. But over It'll to you for now. Me. I've spent like <laughs> okay, eight minutes sorry. talking about mine. Let's um, go for it. So I'm going to go for The Thing. Yes. So totally agree. Now with this though, because um, I started thinking about it, and then all of a sudden I remembered the kind of was a sequel. There's a prequel. Was there a prequel? The thing. Oh, what? what? The thing. Is this the one with? Is it got Kate, Jessica Biel or Kate? Is Beckinsale this the remake it? one? It was a remake, semi. Sam Worthington's in it. Yeah, it was meant to be oh. terrible. Yeah, yeah, because it was all. 
the, they got rid of the practical effects like last minute and the first one was CGI. Oh. Right, okay. I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking there was oh. a video game. It came out. Yes, and, and that was a prequel. That was... Was it a prequel? Or was it a sequel? sequel? Oh, prequel or sequel. <laughs> well, the, the, the game's good. Yeah, but the, the game, game it was, it was really critically acclaimed. Um, I don't mind. I think it was it was well received and yes. stuff. So kind of already done it. Yeah. And I realised this, but I didn't have time to research anything else. So I'm going with it. So we've got uh, The Thing 2, Easy Cover, is what it's going to be called. Uh, Why does it need a tag? Why does it need a color? Just, just, just wait okay, for it. Okay, go for it. Easy cover. Okay. So it's going to be that there is there is a group. Now, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, right, you've got horror genre with The Thing, and the coolest thing about The Thing is that, um, you know, when he does spoilers when he goes clear to do with his chest the chest eats his hands i mean how amazing is that um so where would be good for that to be the thing in another environment which you could play with this concept Mm. and as well what dr sleep taught us is in terms of when you've got horror you don't necessarily want to do the same sort of genre for the second one and as well alien is a prime example of this where you've got Alien yes. very much horror Aliens it's more sort of action orientated yeah. so we do something similar with The Thing they go to the crash site and then they find that actually The Thing has gone elsewhere maybe have a subtle little nod to there's a bottle of scotch and they sniff it and go ooh that smells like gasoline and everyone's like ah. yeah. um, but then they end up in a jungle and the thing why a jungle is so great is not because there's skyscrapers in there um, it's because <laughs> The thing interacts with organic things. Yeah. So if it's got an environment where you've got trees, animals, you can then up the ante where it's not just humans that it's interacting with. You can have a whole host of animals. Keep the practical effects because practical yeah, effects are definitely. absolutely amazing. But then it, it increase the ante so you don't know whether they're just an animal thing. They could be going over to stroke a monkey and all of a sudden it's tail like bites their hand off or something yeah and all this stuff together would make the thing too absolutely fantastic the reason it's called the thing too easy cover is because phil collins is gonna do the soundtrack <laughs> yes she's an easy, easy cover, cover. <laughs> don't bite your hand off while you're sneezing, sneezing. <laughs> right question the the great thing about the the, the thing john Carmen's the thing, thing. too no, about the thing oh, okay. is the that prequel. no is that um, what made that so good was the that element of distrust that the human characters have had with each other. Yes, and less to do with the animal world. Yeah. Well, the animal Your, world wasn't in the first one. Yes, it is in terms of the dogs. The dogs. Yeah. The animal world. <laughs> the dog. yeah, you know, there are more animals than a dog. But what I'm saying is, they. It's very easy to distrust all animals in the jungle you just don't go anywhere near them it's much more difficult to trust distrust other humans but you still you still have that within your your gang together no one trusts each other yeah but whereas they might be able to think i don't trust everyone here but i trust that monkey they can't in this film because they can't even trust the monkey (laughs) think of aladdin what would he do Couldn't even trust a genie. You couldn't trust a genie. No. You couldn't trust anything. You couldn't no. trust a carpet. You couldn't trust a tree. No. Someone goes to have a wee against a tree. You can't even trust Jasmine. Do Ex- you know what I mean? Exactly. Ridiculous. Or, well, no one trusts Jafar. But, no, yeah. that's that's a bit Jafar, too far. Jafar. Nice. There's something there. There's something <laughs> Good work. There. But anyway, yeah, that's why it's perfect for it. So you, you keep the concept. You put it more action-orientated. You've got all this distrust. It could be like The Departed. And then you've got like trees <laughs> eating people <laughs> along with like... Birds, they're coming down, they're pecking the floor, all of a sudden the floor opens up, eats them. And you're like, oh, I like that bird. 
<laughs> okay, the thing two, easy cover. Okay. Easy cover. Adam. Yeah. You thought yours was going to be a punchline. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. No, right, after, seriously. Have you? Yes, I have. Have you okay. actually? Yeah, I have. Right, hit us. You said the B movie. <laughs> yeah, but I think the B movie is perfect. As in, as in the animation. Yeah. The the Jerry Seinfeld one. Rather than the live action B movie. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Where Jerry Seinfeld dresses up as a B. As a B. <laughs> See, I don't know if there's anything really to say about the B movie because clearly the sequel is bring Sting back, and he has his revenge. <laughs> okay. Right. But no, I've talked seriously. Okay. I thought a film that are, is in my top three films mm. of all time. And which does not need a sequel at all. It's Stardust. Oh, God. Of right. Of this course. is the Robert De Niro. Yeah. Who else is in Matthew that? Uh, Charlie Cox. Matthew Vaughn directed it, yeah. Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Um, Claire Danes. Cryface. Yeah. Um, Cryface. It's got loads of people in it. Like David Williams. Williams. Do you know like, what? Claire Danes. Who plays the yeah, That is such an accurate depiction of Claire Danes. I, I mm. think Claire Danes is a great actress, but she is a full-blown Cryface. Yeah, she? well, uh, Romeo she, and Juliet. Oh, she used to fancy her so much. Homeland. Oh god, she cried so much. She <laughs> cries constantly. She must just be a constantly dehydrated person. She she is a great actor though. Yeah. Who Sorry. plays the witch again? It's, uh, uh, Michelle Piper. Michelle Piper. Yeah, it's got loads of good actors in. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Reed Gervais. It's a uh, thingy thingy Stanley. Yeah. Tucci? Yeah, that one. Yeah. No, not Stanley Tucci. Is it Stanley? No, Mark Strong. That's who Mark I think. <laughs> <laughs> I get. Me- I really it? no. I really get them mixed up. No. But right. Yeah. So but he's got hair in it. Tell so, him, right. So, Tell us why Stardust shouldn't get a sequel, and if it did, how you'd make it Because it right. ended. It ended. That's why I shouldn't get a sequel. Cause but if end, it did? If it did, so... What would you do? What would I do? Who... He clearly hasn't thought this through, has I have, he? Right? No, he has. Which of the characters don't really have a definite ending and are also probably the best part of the film? Which characters? Don't Robert know. De Niro's. The ghosts. The ghosts. Well, right. I was going to say the ghosts, but yeah. then... Right. What they do? There's, the a lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of spoiler no, going on here. Right, well, of course, I have to just talk about the ends. Yeah, that's true. So, be spoilers. So, at the end, the ghosts just kind of disappear at the end. Well, thing he joins them and they all sit on the yeah, shelf, don't and they? And then they disappear. Yeah. And there's not really a conclusion to the arc there apart from they're now dead, right? So, I'm thinking because everyone else's character is basically complete, right? They're king and queen, they rule forever, and now they're stars in the sky. There's no point touching upon that. Because you're just dragging that on. Mm. I think focus on the ghosts and how, because not the humour between them. It's one of the best, especially comedic parts of the film. Just focus on them. Make it like sort of like what we do in the shadows, sort of thing, right? Like Where's a just, mockumentary. I'm not saying mockumentary, but sort of like the atmosphere of just the ghosts trying to not brush with each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they've kind of like there's a rivalry there because they've killed each other. Yeah. And now they have to live with each other. Okay. Dead. Now, you know, I'm, there was a film many years ago which had Michael J. Fox in it, and it was no. called The Frighteners. I've seen and this. And it had, it was, it was Peter Jackson who directed it. Yes. And it was about him. I'm, I'm, uh, if my memory recalls, it, there's like some sort of supernatural detective agency of some sort. Does he or live like, with some ghosts? Yes. yes. He, he uses the ghosts in order to sort of help mm. him. So... Is there elements of that in your Stardust sequel? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they've, they've got a house. It's nice. And, <laughs> they've got a house, they chill, and it's just like they all kind of hate each other because they all killed each other. Yeah. But they have to get along with each other. And some of the stars, 
that are ghosts. I was just looking up. I was actually looking up the cast list, and like um, people are in this. Yeah, film he, put, that I never, he put together never a knew. decent cast for it. Well, ben Barnes is there as well as like, I have no um, idea who that Henry Cavill. Is. I know who Henry Cavill. Is, um, yeah. But you've got amazing. But Henry Mark Ca- Mark Heap, you've got in there. You got Rupert Everett. You got David Williams. Yeah. You got Adam Buxton. I mean, yes, you know, yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> like if you get them all together, you've basically got right. I think the tour might be different. It'd be more of a comedy than there's comedy in the last one. There's definitely more of an adventure fantasy. Fantasy, film. yeah. It would be more of a fantasy comedy this one, and I think yeah, it's more of a spin-off than sequel. Per se. It's set afterwards, but it's just focused on them characters, not everyone else. And I think yes, that is my pitch. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Do we uh, do we vote? Yeah. Do we let's vote? Yeah, yeah. Can we vote for our own? No. No. Okay then. Um, I I vote for the thing too. Yes, easy curve. <laughs> Purely because I love the original thing. I don't think it should ever 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 have a sequel. But I think of the two movies, it has the one that has the most uh, ammo. Nice. Yeah, and there will be lots yeah. of ammo. It's like yes, they would. So action oriented. Right. Then you can't even trust the bullets. My condition <laughs> for this sequel to go ahead <laughs> is that I want at least a hundred flamethrowers being used. Oh, definitely, definitely. And definitely. in a jungle, that's obviously very detrimental. There's going to be a the, whole five minute montage there's a lot of flamethrowers. There's a lot of deforestation going on there, but yeah. I would want flamethrowers. Fantastic. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, I mean, amazing idea. You fell down though in terms of you didn't really give us like. Uh, You're talking uh, the, to Adam here, aren't you? Oh, sorry, yeah, Adam. Yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, I'm not <laughs> talking about you, Aaron. Um, a, a clarity in terms of what that film would look like, oh. and I think that film would be amazing. I think you got an awesome mm. cast to go with, but having not really liked Inception, but really liked the idea and the concept, I think it's Inception too. What yes. was the tagline? Um, Ariadne's Empire. Oh, nice. I thought it was like in, Incepted. In- oh, Incepted Inception. No, that was just something <laughs> right. that I was talking... It should be I don't Incepted know. Inception. It, 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 I, I would just maybe just call it... The film wouldn't be called Inception or anything. It would just be called The Architect. I'm going to vote for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm voting no, for you. Okay, All thanks. Right. Adam, you have the deciding vote. Well, mm-hmm. you know how much I love Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only so, reason. <laughs> yes. No, you're so good. But Phil Collins, yes. Yes. For me. I thought he ruined the film, but I thought I'd throw it in because I might get Adam's vote. <laughs> yes. Of course. He's got a statue as the baby Jesus at the minute. Do you know yeah. what? I'm happy to lose, actually, because I'm, I am I would rather there not be an Inception 2. Yes. Yeah. I Whereas would rather the, there be a Thing 2. The Thing 2 is going to be amazing. So, Just you wait. There we go. Right. Yeah. Let's crack on. Sweet. Joker time. We are now going to dive into Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, uh, which is a, uh, a an origin story, certainly not a prequel. It's an origin story about uh, Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker, and how he became to be Gotham's number one supervillain. Uh, this is a... Obviously, we are coming to this a bit late. This came out over four or five weeks ago, perhaps a bit more than that. Um, yeah, and we obviously we're, we're coming into reviewing and discussing this film once all of the initial hype about it and the initial backlash of it and the backlash to the backlash has been and gone. And now we can really talk about this film and we're going to talk about it in a non-spoiler 
way because uh, Rob has yet to see it, but both Adam and I have have watched this film recently, and I think we will we'll we can now discuss it and and go into it into some depth beyond all of the hype and the as I said, and the backlash and, and the uproar and whatever else and the discussion pieces and the hot takes and all that sort of stuff. So um shall I introduce it in terms of what the film's about? There you go. So uh it's set during the seventies, maybe eighties. Never really says it's large yeah it's it, so 80s. it feels like sort of late seventies, early eighties, doesn't it? Uh Arthur Fleck is a very lonely person who is working as a as a clown who does these little side jobs helping to do advertising for certain shops and working in children's hospitals um, and he lives a very sad lonely life who who fantasizes about a lot of things uh, particularly fantasizing about becoming a stand-up comedian um, he his big aim is to get onto a late night chat show host which is hosted by um a character played by robert de niro um and certain things happen to him throughout the film that in encourage him to become um a a villain or to be villainous um he lives with his mum, who is not very well uh and he generally speaking, feels very much outcast by the world around him and very much bullied by the world around him. So, did I do a good job yeah, there? That Is that was... okay? Cool. So, Adam, what were your expectations before going into the film? Do you know, because like, a lot of the concern was just doing origins of the Joker. Because mm. um, what he fledged as Joker was so well with that there was no origin. He was just kind of like this enigma yeah. who popped up. And it was just like they're causing chaos. Um, so I was quite so I was more skeptical about how they would approach it. And personally, I thought they approached it exactly the way I think they should have. And apart from that, I knew it would be dark and gritty and very detached from any other like comic book film. But yeah, that was about it for my expectations. So. The Right, because here's the thing with the film, because it's not that I haven't had chance to see it. Yeah. I, I chose not to go and see it because I was unsure. With all the stuff that was around it, I yeah. was unsure of actually how it, it was delivered. And uh, dark, gritty, love all stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, but I was worried when you when you make someone who, you know, the Joker is an iconic villain yeah. Yeah. Uh, through and through. And, I, uh, and there's always an element. Stuff does great stuff with actually having sympathy and seeing origins to it. But that it would create almost, I don't know, like a, a zeitgeist behind it of making him almost a hero and, and someone to stand up and replicate and the idea there. So it was something I'd heard about. And I don't know what this is, but the uh, part within the film which is truly atrocious mm -hmm. about something he does. And someone sat in an audience where there were people cheering him on to, to do this thing. And when I started to hear stuff like that, it got me really uneasy about actually going to see it within a cinema. Um, so would you say it? Is it a film for entertainment or is it directly to challenge? And does it do that in an effective and safe way? Okay, the film is not subtle. Mm -hmm. uh, the film, uh, th there are moments of subtlety within the movie. Um, there's a particular part where he, where, where Arthur has, um, caught, has, has, has murdered um, a group of people and he then flees to uh, a public bathroom and in there he then does this 
kind of interpretative dance to himself with this very sort of um, sort of jagged violin going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and that particular bath, that particular scene in the bathroom is really good because it almost feels like it's it's a it's a rebirth. Yeah. It's it's him almost kind of going through this moment of catharsis yeah. of of feeling like he's 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 had so much of the world beating him down and kicking him whilst he's down. And in this one moment where he is he's being quite heavily sort of, you know, assaulted that he then acts back and it's that moment of catharsis. Um that that's actually quite well done but at no point do you ever think certainly in terms of my experience of the film at no point do you think to yourself i can either a relate or b side with this particular character yeah. and i think the thing is is that lots of people love the joker as a villain mm-hmm. because of him being such a counterculture to batman yeah. batman's about order and control and coordination and and things being in a certain place a certain way yeah. whereas joker is a is a total master of chaos and, yeah. and anarchy but with with arthur fleck and, and i think the reason why people love the comic book or heath ledger-ish mm-hmm. joker is because he is he does it with a smile on his face and he does it in a manner that is um, not tongue in cheek, but there's an element. Trivial? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And okay. But he, and, and there's a part of it where you don't, you don't celebrate the Joker, but you, you love the character because he's often so well written and he's, and he's not just two dimensional. Definitely. Because it, like you said, in terms of origins for that film, you've got mm. three different origins. He almost presents, but that's not the point to it. And it's yeah. the whole idea with, uh, like he says, he's like a, a dog just chasing cars. He wouldn't yeah. know what to do when he caught one. And all these ideas were, but he does have a plan. It is oh. just for that chaos. Is It was what makes it exciting. Mm. And I think the, th- the ultimate thing with this film, if it didn't have the Joker tagline, I'd be much more comfortable with it. And I think it's about taking something that is so established, so mainstream, and then providing this, this potential... Yeah tightrope walk of, uh, of a story and what's actually the intention of the film what what was its aim to do I would, is I that would, clear the, the thing is is that if now I I hadn't heard of these stories in, in people cheering the Arthur when he's doing particular yeah. things within the film I hadn't heard those stories and actually really that says more about the people watching it than it yeah. does about the film itself yeah. I think those it, those people yeah. need to go and get a life yeah. um, i think it depends on who you are like if you've already got it'll either reaffirm beliefs more than create them yeah thank you so yeah. i think I agree with that. if you see this as a if you see of effect as the right solution you will agree and cheer but i doubt anyone who's on the fence no th- will no. go oh well this must be the way i think it's if you have a belief before going in, yeah, you will come out with the same belief. It won't and affect that. That was my thing, whether it reinforces potential dangerous ideas with mm. it being so mainstream. The funny thing with it, I've never, I never felt with any other film like I did towards yeah. the Joker. I suddenly realised there was just a big part of me that was like, I don't want to see this. And I, I, I never, I never felt that before with okay. any other film. And I was like, do you know what? Then I'm not, I'm not gonna. So and I'll, I'll watch it. 
uh, later down the line because I'm curious. Yes, and I think and I think you're right to have that curiosity. Yeah. And I I personally don't feel that it's a film that necessarily requires you to see it in the cinema. Yes. However, the merits of the film are very high merits. Definitely. Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant in this film, and he he. There are points in it where you f- he's starting to edge towards scenery chewing, and then he and then he brings it back. But his physicality and the and the the way he has had to contort and change his body and body weight in order to create this self pitying, um, but also quite um, narcissistic yeah. man is astonishing yeah. it is some of the best acting i have seen in in many years and he deserves whatever sort of nominations or plaudits come his way because he does he the the, the bodily physical inhabitants of this character is so well done what i say about acting is if you look at them from the beginning of the film compared to the end it's one of those things that sort of like this changes throughout but it never seems like a drastic, like mm. day and night, but until you look like in the grander scheme, if you look from the beginning, even the trailers, you seem like hunched over as he mm. walks, and from the end where he stands up straight, his whole demeanor is. But it's not like one of those things that overnight it happens. There's mm. bits throughout, which you can see subtle changes, but you think, oh, this can't lead onto the Joker. But then when you look at all the little changes made through. It's just such a drastic, and uh, it needs at least a nomination. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think <laughs> like, a mention. It needs a mention. I think it should win. Like the, it's one of the best forms ever. Played Joker as well. The 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 soundtrack is good. Amazing. The the the, the lead acting is is terrific. Um, some aspects of the cinematography are pretty good. Um, now coming down to direction, um, I don't, I. Fair play to Todd Phillips to kind of allow Joaquin Phoenix to kind of drive the film mm. um, as the as the central character, and, and you so much of the film the camera is on on Arthur on Joaquin Phoenix. It's it's very very rare for the for the camera to go elsewhere um, and and sort of focus on another character, but it. The, the, the editing in particular lacks a lot of subtlety. So there's one particular part where you realise that Arthur has been... Try not to spoil this too much. Um, where he has been fantasising about a particular element of his life that hasn't actually existed. And the moment when you realise that, you go, yeah, I know, that's great, excellent. But then what, what then happens is the editor slash Todd Phillips then flashbacks to previous scenes yeah. to say oh look no, yeah that that, do that that yeah and it's like look hey please, idiots please yeah <laughs> did exa- you see this exactly <laughs> it's really clever don't, don't treat me like i'm thicker than you mm-hmm. yeah treat me like what christopher i know i am treat, treat, me, <laughs> treat me the same way that a, that a director like christopher nolan yeah, does yeah. treat me as if i am as clever as you are as a director yeah, yeah? do not signpost me the entire time and it was that that sequence made me realize actually that's in the hands of a more accomplished director it would have been an even better film yeah um so there's that. Um, yes, I can absolutely see why people would f- feel that this film could potentially incite 
certain feelings and yeah. beliefs in people. It has a lot of relatable themes of like sort of um, rich versus poor. Which yeah, yeah, there's elements to talk about in terms of privilege. Privilege, which um, I think can be, why is this film in the 80s has relatable themes mm. to now of rich versus poor. Yeah. And I think there's more things like which of it, mental health it touches upon. Mm. Um, I think there's concerns about mental health. I don't think it was like um, done in a way of, oh, he's got mental health. This is why he's went. It's well, brash. I'd, it's brashly done. I'd, I'd say that. Again, it lacks subtlety. My, my big thing is everyone's got mental health. Yeah. and But often you see it through in films and TV and newspapers and stuff that if you've got poor mental yeah. health, all of a sudden you're the joker, you're... You're you're a menace to society and stuff like that. Whereas I'd, I'd write stuff. Like, but link, this is us, Mindhunter. Yeah. Fantastic is, jobs of what, what you realize of dispelling by, those myths. What you realize by the end of the film is that again, again, try not to spoil it. He he doesn't he doesn't become he doesn't become a monster because he does show even in his moments of real wickedness and 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 certain things that he does that are very menacing. He doesn't become a monster because he still sympathizes with towards certain characters. Yes. The, the 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 scene in the in the apartment, yes. for example, near to the end of the film. Um, doing a very good job. Thank you. And so he doesn't he doesn't go from being two dimensional sad bullied character to yeah. becoming two dimensional supervillain. Yeah. There is that he is a well fleshed out character okay. throughout the two hours of the film. But that's more to do with whacking Phoenix than I feel it is to do with Todd Phillips. I do feel like it was And the it, script writing it as was well. Whacking Phoenix's film. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah without a, <laughs> there you go. Without a doubt. Why well, well, could storm off set. There is now there is a very there is a very famous well what is now a very famous scene on on a flight of stairs where it's kind of like the the, the reveal of the Joker and there's a dance and uh, music sync. It doesn't turn into a musical or anything, but it's, <laughs> there is it was a, all over the trailers. So I think it's, so, it's, hard, it's, so, it's hard to avoid it. It just it smacks of again total unsubtlety and for me. It, it it took me out of the no, film. No, disagree. That was one of the best scenes of the film. It's not. It is. It absolutely it, no, it is. It's one it's of the, one, it's one of no, the worst no, scenes It's one of the, the best film. scenes of the film. It absolutely is. I loved it. It's a terrible, terrible scene. And and the reason being is because, it, it again, it's, it's, it's signposting of the lowest denominator order. And that, to me, just... It, it's like, I don't... I don't need that. I know the transformation is complete. I don't need this in your face. Here's the Joker. Let's have a big oh look at him. Like if if that's the if that's the scene where people are quote unquote celebrating or cheering in the cinema, I don't know if that is the scene or not, but to me it is it's just it's ju- it, it took me out of the film entirely. I thought it was crud. No. That's that particular scene. Loved it. Great. Good for you. I think you're wrong, though. <laughs> um, I'll give you the editing thing of the flashbacks. Yeah. That could have been handled better. Yeah. I don't think it did too detrimental as what you're going towards, but I can okay. agree if it was cut, it probably would have been better. Yeah. Um, it didn't need to be two hours long. Um, <laughs> I thought there's no part of it where I felt bored at all. There's no part I thought where this could be cut. Okay. I, could, I mean, scenes that maybe be trimmed, such like the flashback bits. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I get when you see that now. But a lot of time for everything kind of led up to it. That was good. Hmm. So, 
Is it a classic? No. Yes. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> no, it isn't. Why it is, is it not? Why is it not um, Aaron Guthrie? Because when people look o- back over the the Joker um, series, like the, the the films that the Joker has appeared in, they, Suicide Squad will be better. They, <laughs> they will. People people will go Dark Knight, Batman, Jack Nicholson's. Then they'll go Joaquin Phoenix. Then they'll go. Um, 1960s. Then they'll go Jared. Then they'll go Jared Leto. No, no, no. Oh no, no then they'll no. go nicer. I just, <laughs> I think, I think that yes, it's made more money in the box office than any other R-rated film, and yes, it's it's got these sort of iconic scenes. Um, the only thing about it that will even make it remotely a classic is Joaquin Phoenix's uh, performance in it. Adam, cinematography was fantastic. Music was fantastic. Acting was fantastic. It was fantastic. It's a classic. It's a classic. Right. Well, I suppose I'll have to watch it at some point and then come you can down be the decided. I can be the decided. Yeah. I think either way, I think it's brilliant that it's created the amount of discussion that it has mm. because I think cinema should do that. I would much rather go and see a film and it and it leave me feeling something mm. than me coming out and going. Eh, and you, know you missed I mean? you missed one off your Joker list. The the best is obviously Lego Batman. Yeah, that's a pretty good that's joke. That's as a well. pretty good joke. Yeah, that's yeah. A- oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill in the Mark Arkham Hamill, series. Yeah, pretty yeah. good joker. Yeah. Pretty good joker. He's probably my favourite joker. Yeah, actually. His best voice for it. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. definitely without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Yeah. Nice one, I, I, Adam. I feel like we've fallen out a little bit. Yeah. This. Shall we make up? No. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, how, how do you want to make up? That I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sorry that <laughs> my, I feel my opinion is more correct, but. Just joking. Um, I'm sorry that I. Um, I'm sorry if you took my words the wrong way. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm so, so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry if I went ahead of myself in my opinions. Yes, when you cross your arms when you're apologising, <laughs> you know it's genuine. Right. I'm ready for the good, the bad, and the day. Let's go. Come Woo. on. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and, and the, the day. day. This is so exciting. Right. <laughs> I feel as if I'm the one in the hot seat. I'm going to move my chair time. to Uh-oh. make you more intimidated. Uh-oh. What so you you're both facing me. This Oh, this suddenly feels like The Apprentice. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, so this isn't just a film. This is a series of films okay. in which okay. is generally loved an and M&S adored film. throughout right. the universe. And... I find are other than maybe one or two films. I think the rest are largely a bit pap. Um, so for me, it's the Harry Potter series. I thought you were going to say Star Wars. I know. I was, yeah. <laughs> so oh, nervous. I could. I could. No, do it. Don't you dare. You're fired. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. So um, except for the Prisoner of Azkaban mm-hmm. um, and maybe Goblet of Fire. Um, the rest of the films, the rest of the Harry Potter movies are generally a bit rubbish. Um, do you know what it is, though? It's funny. I've been to the Harry Potter worlds in, in Universal Studios. Just gone around and going, rubbish. <laughs> no. <laughs> terrible. I love them. Snapping I love, ones. I love all the Harry Potter rides. I love the Harry Potter worlds. I love... <laughs> Snap the ones. I love... Turn out kids out. Stepping on the chocolate frogs. <laughs> Do you know what, right? Ashley and I, right, we, we went to um, 
We went when we went to Universal Studios like five years ago. Brain. They had just opened. I know, <laughs> humble brag. Uh, location drop. Um, <laughs> we went to uh, Diagon Alley uh-huh. and we got uh, their the the beers that they brew like on effectively on site. One was called Dragon Scale. The other was called Witch's Brew. And we we sat. We, we you're allowed to go outside into Diagon Alley. So we sat in Diagon Alley with these with these beers, and the American tourists thought that we were actually part of the immersive world. <laughs> 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 we're sitting outside on the on the doorstep outside of like Ollivanders and like sort of drinking beers and having a great time. But anyway, yeah. So for me, I, I mean, the thing is, I've been to Warner Brothers studio tours in what? You're such a fan. Like, <laughs> I know. Is this a scandal you know, it's, against it's because, yourself? It's because Ashley. Ashley loves Harry Potter and she really likes the Harry Potter films. Oh, blame your wife. And I, I have never, I've ne- like, I, I think that I don't like Order of the Phoenix. I don't like Half Blood Prince. Um, I think Deathly Hallows are okay. The first two films, Chamber and Secrets and Philosopher's Stone, I think are rubbish. Um, but I think Prisoner of Azkaban is a really good film, and it's largely because it's directed by Alfonso Cuarón. And I, and Goblet of Fire is not too bad either. Have you told your wife how you feel about Harry Potter? Is this um, like a big secret? No, it's not a big secret. I think she, <laughs> I think she knows that I'm largely indifferent to it uh-huh. all. And um, but you know, I I do like all the. I said I like all the Universal Studio stuff. I like the beer they brew. I like the I like the Warner Brothers Studio stuff. I think the the craft of the films is fantastic. Yeah. Like the props and the costumes and the locations and the attention to details are wonderful. But just the actual stories themselves are absolute palaver. Oh, I, I don't know about this. Right, because. I'm one of do you know those what? people. Been, do you know what? I've also seen Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in, in, in London <laughs> as well. Such so, a fan. Love Harry and, Potter and that, so much. And that was brilliant, right? That was absolutely brilliant because yeah. I was immersed entirely in, in that story and I thought that was great. But the I, films, no. I think the difference with that is that when that came about, that was the whole design for that. It wasn't like they were adapting a book. No. And what I'd say is I kind of agree. I think the books are... Far superior to the films. Yeah, I probably pop- Daniel Radcliffe can't act. Bless him. I like now like the, some of the choices he's making. He, he makes some quite quirky choices there. Mm. But you look at him trying to act in those first films, and he's not very good. I he's feel very like, young. As I feel well. like someone was like, yeah, holding up the book, looking at the picture <laughs> they had then, like. Yep, you'll do. I'll, I'll get you on. And then all of yeah. a sudden they were like, oh no. Yeah, on <laughs> he a, needs on to a, actually act. On an, on an aesthetic level, you can see why ha- why da- Harry, why Daniel, why Daniel, why, Dan- Harry Potter. Why, why Daniel Radcliffe was, was, was fit for the role. And I get that. And, and actually, do you know what? His acting as the films goes on improves dramatically yes. from the first one to the last one. But I can't help but feel that they are wildly inconsistent movies. Yeah. And the I think that the level of fandom towards the films is actually perhaps more so towards the the universe yes. of Harry Potter more yes. so than to the actual film. And do you know what though, right? Film the films themselves have made bucket loads of money for the British film industry. Um, they've helped they helped people stay, you know, thousands of people within the British film industry stay in good quality jobs for years and years and years. And so there's obviously lots of redeemable features about Harry Potter as it was as an industry. I just didn't feel that the films were any good, except for Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, I say Prisoner of Azkaban is the best story as well, because it's nothing to do with uh, he who shall not be named. Yes. And it it provides something different. And I agree that Half-Blood 
Yeah, I'd say the books are just better. Half Blood mm. Prince really annoyed me because that that film is the worst one of them all. Yeah, and that's that's the time to really go into Snape and and explore his character like it does. <coughs> and I'd say you, it's exactly right. The universe, what they put on screen, was really good. I really liked the the end as well with Deathly Hallows. I don't particularly like the same with books how it ends. It feels mm. a bit anticlimactic. Mm. But I thought the films did a really good job and a lot of fist pump moments. I got really invested with the characters there because of what they put on screen there. But yeah, I'm I'm I'd, I'd struggle to go along. With being a librarian, everyone <laughs> expects me to be the biggest Potterhead. Yeah, um, you could know. And it, I, I've got to say, I'm not. Sorry, guys. What? What about you? Do you like Harry Potter? I agree with you entirely. Ah. Like, wow. <laughs> this is meant to be controversial. <laughs> we were meant to argue no, with you. I agree with that. I think Azkaban and Goblet of Fire are good films. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them are just okay. Um, especially when you get the Fantastic Beasts as well. Which They're awful films. Awful. No, okay. Terrible. Awful is perhaps a harsh word. No, it's not. They're just, again, they are wildly inconsistent films that are all over the show. Like the first one has like a sort of, Final Fantasy has a sort of like... It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but I can see redeeming qualities within that of, oh, we're going around catching all the creatures. Yeah, but I got in so much grief about that. I got taken for my birthday to go and see oh, that film. Oh, dear. And afterwards... <laughs> Oh, poor me! <laughs> oh, no! Don't take me to the cinema! Not for that. Yeah, afterwards, I said that wasn't very good, wasn't it? And I was trying, like a complete villain. Then, and they yeah, were like, they took you for your birthday! How dare you? Then the, Sorry, the second film. one. I, the I didn't bother. Se- I bothered. Why? I don't know. I thought, oh, second one might be good. Mm. Wasn't. It was dreadful. I, I can't remember anything from it. I will complain about it, but I've got no memory. But they, well, they recast Colin Farrell as Johnny Depp. Like, what was that about? That, that was the was, worst move ever. The ending was so weird. Like, I was sitting there, like, really confused. And my cousin's massive Potter fan said, oh, this is because of this in the books. I was like, how am I meant to know that? <laughs> how am I meant to know? All I just saw was the guy just turned to Johnny Depp, which looks like a nightmare, right? So all you did was start dancing on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, but yeah. I think Harry Potter, the one of those films, they're on ITV all the time. Yeah. And if there's nothing else on telly, I put them on and they're not too much harm. <laughs> <laughs> they're inoffensive, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, inoffensive. They are, they are very watchable. Especially like the early You're right. Ones. The, Harry, the Harry Potter films to ITV is what Hot Fuzz is to ITV too, yes. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But less yeah. quality. Um, like, I think the first right. two. Like, first two, I'll put on the telly. Like, oh, look how young they are. Ah. Oh. They're like Prince of Arm, Goblet of Fire, actually think are two really good films. Yeah. Mm. So how by themselves. So actually, so my controversial opinion is around this around this table no. isn't that controversial. I don't, Deathly Hallows as well, right? I don't understand why you think split them apart two, I know why they do it, but they should never split them in a part two. Mm. Because it's just a way because you have one half of a film of them going about just like waiting. Yeah, waiting. <laughs> it sounds like Something big's gonna happen in it. <laughs> yeah, something big's gonna happen in the second one. You just should got... we dance? <laughs> then you've got two hours of non-stop action with no plot, and it makes no sense to me. They did that with um, the entire Hobbit trilogy, oh, where there's yeah. two films are going. For something big's gonna happen soon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you got the third film where there's no plot at all. It's just people fighting. I was like, 
Oh, so yes, not for this at all. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, that's fine. Then. Yeah, well, actually, this has well, been a, this has been a comforting exercise. <laughs> you did the segment wrong, though. <laughs> We're gonna get out. actually no. In fairness, I think outside of this, I, I this can, will be quite controversial. I, I, I can yeah. talk about a film next week that I think would definitely be controversial for at least one of you. Right, okay. But actually, maybe we should do the good, the bad, and the Brent. Okay. Yes. Week. Let's do it next week. I'll okay. see what I can bring out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> So we have come to the end of our 21st podcast. Uh, our podcast can now drink, drive, and what else can you now do vote. at the age of... Do what? Vote. Go, vote. Yeah, but you can do that at 18 as well. Oh, what can you do at the you age of 21? Um, what you can do now at the age of 21? <coughs> Certain clubs. Regret your life choices? Not at 21. Yeah, that's, yeah. More like, that's more like 35, I would say. I'll start, start so. early, kids. Okay. So, um, Adam, it's time for Plot Twist. Plot twist. Oh, I'm going to see Sigrid tomorrow night. That's where that, that oh, song sample fantastic. comes from. Good friends? Yes. Yeah. That's a lie. <laughs> Have I, you got w- one? I wish yeah, me and Sigrid were friends. W- remind us of what it was before. So last Jolly week's... Boys outing. No, that was years ago. <laughs> Come on, keep up with times. <laughs> I got the last one correct, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I, they, I, I got Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> what have you got for us, Adam? What was the plot twist it was last, last time? A rich man. Yep. With drinking problems, yep. gambles to make money to save the day. Does that happen in a miracle on 34th Street? Does mm. that happen? Say it again for us. Trading places. A rich man with drinking problems yep. gambles to make money to save the day. Okay. It's not actually that hidden. I think it's pretty No, obvious. I feel like that is just It's fairly hidden. I haven't got a clue. Have you not? Come yeah, on. go. Reveal it. It's, go. It's part of a series. Oh. James Bond. Yes. Casino Royale. Yes. Oh! Yay! High five! Excellent. Oh, that was a big, yeah, nice bit of teamwork. Right. You've got to make it scandalous, though. Yeah. I know that, but I was on the pressure. I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think in your first couple, they were so ridiculously left field. I feel like you've brought them back to make them somewhat straightforward, and I, that for me is preferable. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's. So, so, do you have another plot twist? Yes. You do? Excellent. Yes. Go for it, Adam. The, the floor is yours. For that. Hmm. It is angry people in a room get angry with each other. Angry people in a room, in a room. get angry with each other. So, uh, 12 angry men. No. Um, a few good men. No. Um... <laughs> no, this can't just be the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Jesus, you listen off. Okay, you listen off any film with if men you, in the title. If you if you think you know what Adam's plot twist is, does anyone actually get in contact for this? So many yes. people. Did they actually? Yes. What was the response to the last one? Anyone else get it right? So the many responses from, we couldn't even go through them. The guy from Mexico was particularly well done. Uh, responsive. Amigo. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, are we ready to give our thirty-second recommendations? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Rob, would you like to start? Yes. Right. I'm gonna. Oh, ready. Counters uh, in. Four, three, two, one. Go for it. I'm gonna recommend the film you can find on Netflix at the moment. It's called The Invitation. This stars uh, Logan Marshall Green, 
um, who you might know from Upgrade. Uh, I think he was in Prometheus as well. He looks like a, a budget Tom Hardy. Um, but definitely in this film, he's not a budget Tom Hardy. He does a fantastic performance. It's all based around a dinner party. Lots of high tension there. Uh, it keeps you guessing uh, throughout as to whether things are going to go uh, a bit bad or not. And uh, it's just a, a nice film. I ran out of time. No one counted me did, down. No, I, no, you I did run out of time. I, I think you were very good at self-regulating. It's there, also Bob. got Dario Naharis, the, the better one from Game of Thrones. I would like to see the invitation. He, he was in uh, Haunted of Hill House. And John Carroll Lynch. Okay. And other people. Uh, are we, <laughs> Who's are going we, next? I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, sure? yeah, yeah Three, sure. two, one, go. Um, so I would like to recommend uh, Looper, uh, which is directed by Ryan Johnson and stars uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a hitman who's actually responsible for uh, offing people that are sent back in time back in time for him to do easy kills again. <laughs> but what they don't realise is that they're going to send back a future version of himself to be assassinated. Oh, wow. uh, and it goes from there. Fantastic. Do you know they should mash up Back to the Future and Looper? You'd be like, hey, Marty, let's go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very short film. That'd be great. Very short film. Uh, the Maybe reason that. why I recommended that is because uh, Ryan Johnson's new film, Knives Out, is yeah. coming out soon. So yeah. it's all interlinked. And Rob and I are going to go and see that soon. Yeah, no date. I'd just say he's got a lot to prove after The Last Jedi. I think the film I did enjoy of his was Brick back in the day. Love um, Brick. But as well, I don't particularly like murder mystery stuff. I find it quite boring. What was the most recent what? murder mystery film you saw? None, because they're terrible. Well, then you're... <laughs> no, like, no, I'd say, like, stuff limited. like... Uh, well, Bad Times at El Royale probably had elements. But did you uh, enjoy that? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Do you like Columbo? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they show you the murder at the beginning. So maybe that would appeal to you. So there's I no, mean, there's no mystery. It's all about how Columbo figures I'm, out. I used to like Midsummer Murders every now. And wow. Then. Okay. Murder she wrote. Murder right. she wrote. <laughs> all right, Nan. So, um, I I think this it's a very well reviewed film. Mm. I think I think Knives Out could be a fun. I like I like some of the casting. We haven't good. seen a film together since Midsummer. All right. Uh, I miss I miss us. <laughs> And on that note, are you ready for yours? Adam. <laughs> Three, two, one, <Snatch>. go. <laughs> done. Right, done. That was one second. No, <laughs> Adam, you cannot leave it right. at just saying snatch. Okay, you have <laughs> We need... First we, the dressing gowns. We need, we need some... <laughs> right, come Give in. us context. Snatch, yeah. a boxer, a gangster, a robber. Whoa, it all kicks off. Vinnie Jones! Vinnie Jones! <laughs> it's a better performance than <laughs> X-Men 3. Yes, Vinnie Jones. <laughs> if you like Vinnie Jones in X-Men 3, way to see him in <laughs> Snatch. Yes, uh, Brad Pitt boxer, uh, Gypsy boxer, yeah, 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 and uh, Jesus Stephen <laughs> gangster. And who directs it? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. What a guy. What a guy. He's such a guy. <laughs> But yes, that is my recommendation of Snatch. I believe I'm within 30 seconds. Yeah, you're definitely yeah, not. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh, right, well, that was wonderful. What a treat. Everyone had a good time and we enjoyed ourselves. Yes. yes. We hope you, the listeners, have also enjoyed yourselves. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at TalkingHereRBAD. Don't ask me to read out the email address. What's the email again? No, absolutely not. That thing is void. Let's just stick with twits. 
tough. So <laughs> <laughs> you do every week. Twitter. <laughs> right, Fab. Well, there's only one thing left to say. Oh, no, that's your line. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> there's only one last thing for us to say, Rob. I'm leaving here. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch up with you next week. With me, Aaron Day. No, I'm Aaron Day. <laughs> and here. <laughs>